right. <clears throat> it might not be exactly in order, but here we go. So I'm on page 186, Cal is being attacked by Letterman. Ooh. Do you think Letterman knew he was who he was when he came to um, his house or when Letterman came to the school? Because I mean, did Letterman come to the school to see who it was that came to his house? Because I don't know. I don't think that Letterman really knows Cal's face yet. I, I don't think he recognized him in the school, for sure. Then, but I, I, but I don't know. Because he's getting beat it up. Levi, you're giving me a look. What? You think he recognized him in the school? I think he knew something. Not... Sure, I do think part of it was he might have recognized him because he was the delivery guy. He might have. That's the only other time he's seen his face. Even when he chased him, I don't think he recognized him. I do think his dad that something was up. Yeah, because, you know, he got beaten up and almost died, basically. So... I don't I thought it was more of uh, Otto just recognizing where he was going. You know, he's sneaking around in the neighborhood and once he found out where he lived just hit got him. All right. Um, so Cal's parents still thinks Cal, I mean Cal, has grown out of his foolish years. Why do you, Why do you think he's like a good kid, even though he's he's the hoodlum jumping on and on the fender and stealing? Like, hmm? why do I think he's a good kid? No, why do you think like he's able to fool his parents to make him think make them think that he's good? He's a good kid. I know he's stealing and well what is he stealing for that's to be our next question i don't think it's the right type of good if i'm honest i don't think it's ever okay to steal i feel like there could be another way to solve this problem but i do think he is a good kid and um can um, breaking the law ever be justified, even though it's help? Yeah, it's helping someone in trouble. Was there any other way he Are could we have done? Recording it? this, Elliot. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes, I'd say there's lots of. There's probably lots of times when. Um, doing something that's not exactly legal is acceptable if it's protecting other people and not you know, harming people um you know cal has every intention of giving the stuff that he stole back paying it back and he's obviously doing it for a good cause so i don't 
I don't hold anything against him, I guess. It's the age-old question, right? Is it okay to do something bad to, like, save someone, right? Like, if, if you were asked to rob a bank to save a person's life, like, otherwise they'd be killed, what would you do? Um, it's a hard question, especially for somebody that, like me, that professes to be a Christian, right? You're not supposed to sin. You're not supposed to lie. But you, and the Bible says to be obedient towards authority, including your government's authority, right? And the only time it permits you to break their laws is when it goes against God's word, right? Mm-hmm. So, like in Soviet Russia, you were not allowed to speak the name of Jesus. You're still not allowed to speak it in many countries, especially Arabic countries. Um, but people would do that. And that's breaking the law. And a lot of governments, like Hitler, people like that, have justified what they're doing by you must be obedient to the government. This is Romans 13. Sorry, this is kind of off topic. But it's like, should is where where is that line if you have to do a communist like would it be a sin to let the person continue being beat if you knew about it Mm -hmm. right so where do you draw the line when when do you know it's not and i do think that you want to get more counsel about it in calgat um i realized i didn't he was trying to keep his word so i don't know no, that's interesting. Next one. Um, so when Kyle and his uncle are hiking through the forest, you know, you see the owl, and um, he has a whole, whole bunch of porcupines in it, and Kyle's uncle says, bit off more than he could chew. You know what you know now? It was it kind of like a foreshadowing or, like, to what's going to happen to Cal? Well, I mean, he says it, like, five or six more times. Yeah, so then... I really like those instances with Uncle Emil out in the woods. I think those are just so neat to have those in there. And I love that he's taking those lessons and uh, committing them to his life and using them. I think it shows like it was a a summer he thought he was going to hate. You know, and it turned out that he and Emil were became super tight. I think it's funny that Emil left his cabin and his property to Cal. But I think that also shows kind of the character of Cal too. But just to be able to learn lessons from what he thought was a punishment, which is probably the point, but that's crazy. And I I'm on the same boat as Elliot. I mean Uncle Emil seemed out himself. Why do you think he keeps going back to those? Why do you think he keeps talking about those stories? Or the author puts those stories in? They're big one. I mean, it's a lesson he learned, but it's weird because he's talking about himself. Right? He's like saying, well, I guess I bit off more than I could 
you. So, yeah, that's, I that's why. I think looking at it from a literary perspective, putting those in there is a good way to convey what Cal is thinking about without just putting in a paragraph saying, you know, did I bite off more than I could chew here? Like, that is kind of boring. But you put in a story like this, and it becomes really vivid and adds a lot to the story while conveying what Cal is thinking. Yeah. That's part of it. So when Cal goes to jail, he he asks um, to deliver these nut goodies to Gretchen. And um, what do the nut goodies symbolize? Like, I'm hoping Cal was symbolized with it. Like he said, hold on. Right. I need you to hold on. Right. <laughs> right, so clearly sure, Levi okay. is stating he's hoping Gretchen will stay. Or hang on. They're out there. Just leave you there. Cut all this recording. <laughs> yeah, it's for the discussion, right? Why wouldn't it be recording? I'm playing the music too. Um, yeah, just hold on. Because yeah. when. Where did you end, Ryder? What was the last thing that you read? Uh. 36? Did no, you read? I read, I read a little 36. bit past 36. I don't know. I read past 36. That's all I know. Okay, so you're, you you know that his dad died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. Yep. That was, that was before 36. So yeah, he, knows, was, he knows Gretchen's dad. In the clink right now. Yeah. Okay. Good. So you were in the chapter 37, probably. Yeah, and I read that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Do you know that? And the baby? No, like. Did you get. Is he. Back from his two-day leave with his family for the funeral. Yeah. Is he back in prison now? Yeah. He's back in jail. Yeah. So you got past the car. Yeah. And the crashing. Yeah. Okay, so you know her dad's in the clink. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's thirty six. I didn't know what I was saying. Um. That's wow. Right. Wow. What. What a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, okay, glad we're on the same. Yep, glad we're on the same page too. Um. Yeah, it's just hold on, basically, for Gretchen. I love that idea, and I don't think you know it yet how important that was to Gretchen. Or do you know? It was. Huge, because it's just like I'm still here for you. When she thinks she's all alone, I guess well now must be really important. So. It's it's I think it's a huge part. Of, it's like a huge um like kind of 
it's a huge like foreshadowing when he asks her to bring it to her, and then it's I think it's huge for Gretchen to get that. That's it. Right, we search in illuminated lit moon. Which one first? You want to go first, Ellie, or me? I can go first. Um, oh, let's see. Shoot, where is it? Um, so I talked about how I really liked. Um, stuff with Uncle Emil. I talked about the owl. Um, I kind of already talked about it. Um, on page 167, um, the, just having them in there adds a lot to the story, adds a lot of personality to Cal, and it's a really great addition um, as far as the book goes in making it a good read and conveying information. Um, the next thing was on uh, page 183, where Cal's mom is talking about um, his dad and how he never got to play sports. Um, and every day after school, he walked downtown and worked for three or four hours the whole time he went to high school. He never got to play sports. And he wanted to so badly. He once told me that he could always outrun and out his boyhood friends. So I think it was just too hard for him to go and watch you and remember all that he missed out on. You see, Calvin, it wasn't you. Um, I think that's really important because you see the reason for Cal's father's um, distance, why he's not going to games. And that was a major part of the book, Cal's relationship with his father. Um, and that, that passage really explains something about it. Um, next thing is when Cal's in prison and he's talking to the old guy. Um, he says, here's the kicker. We keep wanting someone to love us, her mother, father, the woman in our life, friends, or God. Surprise, surprise. I think, finally, the love we need most is our own. We never learn to love ourselves. And I thought that was a great passage and could be applied to a lot of the characters. Um, Gretchen is uh, hating herself. She thinks it's her fault that her father's doing what he's doing. Um, <coughs> Cal's father is not liking himself and how he turned out, and in turn is also not able to connect with his son. Um, and Cal himself, I think, has a bit of that. Um, isn't is finding it hard to accept what he's doing. And then, do you guys have any thoughts about those? I think it's a good idea for loving yourself, but I think it's wrong. Yes. I, I see where the author wants to go with that. 
and I see where that's a huge conception, but I very strongly disagree with that Mm -hmm. idea of loving yourself. But I like how you pulled that out and really talked about all the characters. So Cal mentions that too. He says, well, I thought it was wrong to love ourselves. I thought that was kind of conceited. And I I understand that. I think maybe what I was taking it as um, rather than loving yourself was accepting yourself and your faults, which might be the same as what you're thinking of. And your past choices. Yeah. Um, the last one I had was on page 197 uh, about the other experience with Uncle Emil and the moose. But as I thought about it in my little bunk in the dark cell, I felt like I was riding that moose again, scared to death at what I was doing. <clears throat> I could hear my uncle's words. You climbed down. Now you got to ride it out. I had climbed on, but I didn't know if I could ride it out. I didn't know how to get off. Um, First off, why would his uncle support him riding? That's crazy. Moose are scary. Kind of cool, though. <laughs> it's majestic yeah. to like, be riding in the back of it. I would be scared of the antlers, so. That's <laughs> But that's a great, like, keep going back to Emil. Mm-hmm. Um, bit off more than he could chew. We gotta ride him out. I mean, I wish I had an uncle that had a cabin out in the middle of the woods so I could go hang out with him. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's just such a great metaphor for the scenario Cal is in right now, mm-hmm. where he has to decide if he's gonna keep going. And if he's not, if he jumps off, if he tells someone too soon, there's a good chance he gets mm-hmm. cut up, gets put back in jail for longer, or something worse happens to him. Mm-hmm. I love how the author does this. Because it's like he's adding, taking the character's past and using it as showing what he has to do and what the future's going to look like. Mm-hmm. He's not just saying, guess I got to work harder and be tougher and be able to wait but he's using he's saying the same exact thing but in a more creative and more um, interesting way storytelling storytelling way like yeah like it's not something you you get bored of reading because he's Mm -hmm. using these little things like the multiple plot lines to kind of combine in 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 what he's trying to get across to his readers which i love Mm -hmm. about this Story. I hope the writing a moose doesn't get boring. That's all I've got. Okay. I looked into um, dances and fast food. Okay. So I was really interested about what the dances look like because we kind of talked about that cool street class. Just cool because we want to do the fit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so dances happened frequently and were a loved pastime, as we can see in the book. But it was interesting because from what I was reading from um, Stanford's, whatever, in the, the article that I was looking at to research this, um, they were saying 
it wasn't liked as much as previous generations. It's just crazy to me because it really feels like this generation really enjoyed it. But it was when rock was starting to come in in the 50s. So there's this new style, and they really hated the idea of dancing like their parents danced. They wanted to have their own dance. So, I mean, you always have your slow dances, but they brought in swing dancing, which was huge for them. Um, just with a lot of twists and turns, a lot of moving, a lot of fast-paced type style. Um, but it would, like, change from where you went because there were some schools where it was just the this part, none of the twirling and stuff like that. Um, so those varied on the area. So it was basically called the jitterbug or, or the pop which a lot of things were called the bop back then. Yeah. It was um, called the bop. But teens searched, what I thought was really interesting is teens were looking for new styles, new ways to dance, because they didn't want to dance like everybody else had to dance. So we see them wanting to go into the black community who had already been there. Like we talked about that in history class, Elvis was just a, a white man with a black voice with that style of music. Like, because you see the black community was already kind of in that rock style. So they were going in there, and they were finding these new styles, which is, I think, it's kind of cool. Because yeah. usually you're just like, oh, we got to stay away from them. You see that at this time, because it's the time of um, segregation and um, the, uh, the, all the movements that happened in that. But you see these teens who are ready to start accepting it when their parents are so not wanting to be a part of this and against it mm -hmm. yeah they want to go find what they think is awesome about this culture the dances the music and they want to bring it and add it to theirs which i think is awesome i think that's crazy um okay fast food huge huge in this time because <laughs> people are just getting their tvs they love getting their meal like that right so white capsule it's huge in our book. That's where they go eat. No idea that's unhealthy at this time. <laughs> I wish that it was the same. Yep. Um, but McDonald's was invented in the 1940s. Um, got took off in the 1950s um, because a door-to-door -door salesman that was trying to sell an ice cream machine. I don't know if you know the story. Founder no. McDonald's mm -hmm. brought it to the McDonald's shop and liked the idea of their assembly line style and made his own and then they took off in the 1950s wendy's also came about this I, there were a lot of restaurants that came out at this time domino's pizza hut burger king <laughs> all at the same time um i think kfc and denny's also came out now which kind of makes sense i think that whole homey breakfast place is kind of a the style. Um, <coughs> when did you KFC before? Sorry, um, so that was kind of the whole idea. Fast food was huge. Burger King. I think I already said that. But that all came out. It was all the same style. People loved it because they could just go get their fast food and they could go sit in front of the TV. Um, yeah. So that's basically it. Cool.
don't know if you have anything else or you want to read right now. And so next meeting, it'll be Buddy Luminary yep. Researcher, Discussion Director. 